Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA. Good evening. This is Bryanston. Uh, this is Mr Waters talking to you on Tuesday the 3rd of May at a quarter past eight. Second prep for those of us at school. And welcome to the first of our very many to come current affairs shows. Whoop! Right, so, uh, topics of discussion for this evening. We are going to be touching, first of all, at Partygate, sleaze, scandal and corruption in Westminster before moving on to the Ukraine crisis and recent developments there, covering it all for you in a bit of depth and hopefully try and get the message across about what's going on uh, in a clear, understandable way. Join me this evening from A3. We have Mia, Alfie, Ella and Eleanor. Yo! What's up, everybody? Hey, yo! Here we go. So, um, the... First topic of discussion. So, um, Alfie, perhaps, can you tell me what sort of recent developments have been going on at Westminster, please, as regards scandal, uh, corruption, uh, potentially, Sneeze. and incompetency in the Conservative Party? Um, well, we've got a Conservative MP named Neil Parrish, and he was caught in the House of Commons uh, with some indecent images on his For the mobile second phone. time, might I might add. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, and you would have... You would have thought after the first time he would have resigned to, uh, due to you know individual ministerial responsibility, which is for everybody listening out there. Basically, when an MP um, doesn't do the duty that he needs to in Parliament, it's when um, you're basically you you should resign because you're not you're obviously not doing your job correctly, and so you're not. Good absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So Neil Parrish is not quite a minister, he is an MP, so he's a member mm. of the Conservative Party. Um, oh. Late last week, um, he was sort of identified, or earlier last week, as having watched some images in the House of Commons on his phone. He's been reported to uh, the party, and he has since resigned. Is that the right thing to do? What do we think? 100%. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but who goes to Parliament and does that? But he claims <laughs> that he was looking at tractors, yeah. and then... His he slipped onto a website <laughs> with indecent images, Sorry. and he said it was a silly mistake that he watched it for too long, but it was an accident because he mm. was actually watching tractors. Has he got his whip taken away? Yeah, uh, he has. Yes, yeah. so this is the thing. So he's watched it. This is the thing. He says he's watched it twice. He's been caught twice. This is the thing, and this is latest in quite a long line of scandals going on at the moment. And at the moment, I think it's something like, and do correct me, fifty-six MPs are being investigated yeah. for yeah. some sort of sexual misconduct. That's about one in twelve. That's far too high, Ella. Pretty much all conservative, which is saying something. Yeah, you've got David Warburton, Somerset Freeman MP. He has been uh, caught for sexual assault and cocaine. And I'm not to say cocaine. <laughs> there we go. Right. Um, this is what's going on. Just to run through some other things that have been happening. Um, so Neil Parrish is now signed as MP or trigger what's called a by-election mm-hmm. in the uh, constituency of Tiverton and Honiton over in Devon. Uh, the majority mm. had been 24,000. Would you say Devon's quite a safe Tory seat? Well, what does it mean to be a safe seat? What is a safe seat for those of our listeners, please? Sorry, yeah. sorry, guys. Um, a safe seat is basically where, so you have your by-elections and that's where an MP of your constituency, either in a different party, so it could be 
conservative labor green lib dems like any of them you vote for your your like representative or your constitu of your constituency to like to represent themselves in parliament basically absolutely so we have this uh, it's called a by-election so what we have we have general elections our last one was in 2019 when all of the constituencies all the seats in parliament uh were up for grabs we had that when we have an elect a by-election an election for a particular constituency in this case tiverton and honiton which is coming up uh it's called it's um in between elections is what we have there mm-hmm. Um, it was a safe seat. So um, yeah. he won. In t- it was my former seat from where I used to uh, used to live in Tiverton. Um, it was a safe seat. Twenty four thousand vote majority. Yeah. About sixty percent of the vote. As safe as it gets. What does that mean in practice now? Do we think? What a safe seat. Um, well, are we talking about the MP? Well, this this particular seat. What do you think? Well, um, it, it will it remain conservative? Will it well, change? What do we think? Jeopardise considering. His actions. Yeah. So I think I'm not I'm not quite sure if it'll remain a safe Tory seat. I'd like I'd like to think it would, but considering like all the scandals that have been happening within the Tory party, for example the Partygate scandal, you know, that didn't really paint the Tories in a good I mean, light. You see the um Owen Patterson case a while ago as well. Mm, that when was he was done for lobbying and that turned into a Lib Dem seat. What's what's lobbying, Alfie, for our Lobbying is when large corporations and businesses pay MPs to make sure they get the government contracts. Mm. And it's actually very um, very prevalent. Oh, yeah. Mr. Waters itching to say something. Well, well, let me finish. Anyways, so it happened with James Dyson um, and Boris, actually, and there was a string of WhatsApp messages which um, showed about how... He wanted to something about Kia Starmer or no, not Kia Starmer. Not quite. So we're going back, um, sort of back into the sort of first lockdown and COVID, thinking about Dyson, of course, of yeah, uh, oh, ventilators, firm, ventilators, trying to get favourable tax treatment for some of his employees to come from overseas into the UK, and he was able to WhatsApp the Prime Minister and try and get influence that way. Is that democratic? Is that right? That's uh, this billionaire who funded or partly funded potentially the Brexit campaign. A bit of a grey area there. Mm. Um, is should he be able to have the you know the ear of the prime minister so easily accessed when this individual was not voted for is one of the problems. No. Um, and this is the thing. And since then we've had some other scandals. Just to run us through some of them, um, we've got to bear in mind as well. We also had the upcoming Wakefield by-election of Imran Khan, who of course um, had to resign as well. That was one of the red wall seats. We'll come on to that in a moment. Majority just three thousand. It doesn't look too good for the Tories uh, coming up shortly. Uh, in addition, we have that's more of a swing sta- uh, seat. We have the sort of whole Sunak tax debacle in terms of you know increasing tax, but is that his wife paid all the non-dom status things? We'll come on to talk about that in a moment. We're still waiting for this full Sue Gray report, which I'm sure Ooh. me is. You know, itching to talk about. Itching to read it. Absolutely. Can she hurry up, please? And I've got a whole big list of things going on as well of all of the sort of many Partygate things. So what should we jump into first? What we're keen for? Wait. What, for Partygate? For Partygate, for the non-DOM status, all that stuff. There's so much going on. And I was talking to some of my colleagues earlier this morning, and we see it potentially as this Conservative Party. Is it just lurching from scandal to scandal? We talked mm. to Theresa May as lurching, unfortunately, from crisis to crisis, one of Johnson's predecessors. Is it reminiscent, perhaps, of the sleaze that we saw in the sort of major governments of the 90s? Mm. Is it the same old Tories? Can they really be trusted? Or have they just gone back to their old ways? This is what's going on. Mm, I think... I think apart from like all like the sleaze and everything, and um, you know, obviously Partygate scandal, a lot of people are look, there are a lot more swing seats and swing voters. Um, I know you're. I don't know if you're still undecided. 
But um, I am. You are. See, you are, and I knew. Whether to vote conservative. Yeah. Because all the scandals that have been happening. Yeah, exactly. But it does make you think. Yeah. If a government can't even stick to their own rules that they're giving, are they are they a suited fit? Yeah, exactly. I think you've got to think about like the economic and like the economic situation that like well not situation if it's a situation I don't really know much about the economic status of the UK, but. Um, you know, I'd say in, in one of the factors in like deciding whether a government should stay in power, that's quite a big one because as you know with Margaret Thatcher, the reason she stayed in power was so long because um one, the Falklands War, um, and two, the economic like I'm pretty sure businesses were booming and the economic status was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So economy was growing in the eighties, that's one of the things. When we look at voting behaviour, we think about is is the economy growing? If it is, the government of the day tends to remain in office. But we're going through a sort of we're jumping through quite a few areas of the news at the moment. We're going sort of touching on the cost of living crisis that is upcoming. Mm. Um so Bills, we have so gas. yeah. Yeah we've gas. seen I watched you know, the video earlier. I was watching a video earlier today about a seventy seven year old woman who was getting, I think, £150 a week for a pension, and her gas prices had gone up from £17 a month to £80 a month. <gasps> and it was an interview with Boris Johnson, and she was asking, what else can this woman cut down on? Because she spends most of her day on the bus so that she's not using electricity no, or gas or really um, raising her bills. And Boris could not give an answer. Mm. He didn't. He had no way of helping her except saying that he can give free bus rides to oh, wow. people. Oh, wow. Brilliant. But it well, just that's, that's her, like, hard work pension as well. Exactly. Like, she's working and hard she's for that. she's struggling, and she's, like, she can't cut down on anything else. Yeah. And she just can't afford the rate. Mm, I know, like, a lot of people who are living in, like, lower-income households have been really struggling with, like, the, the, like, the surge in gas prices because, you know, they're, you know, they're really having to cut down on, you know, essential supplies, like food and stuff. I mean, this is the thing. We have this sort of, you know, heat or eat decision having yeah. to be made. In some cases, it's neither. It's getting worse and worse as it goes on. Um, household bills, Johnson out of touch. This is the problem. At the same time, we're facing increase in national insurance. by yeah. 1.25 percentage points, that's come in. Energy's gone up. Bills are going up. Food's going up. Clothing's going up. It's all interlinked, of course. That's the nature of, 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 of current affairs of politics. But it just seems as though this government hasn't really got a grasp of it, and ultimately they don't really understand what the what the problems are. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we're all in agreement there. Yeah. Right. Um, so this is the theme sort of we're looking at as regards. So let's go on to Partygate a bit more. Yeah. Um, lockdown. You might remember it two years ago, the first lockdown. That's when it was, you know, the apocalypse is coming. It's mm-hmm. the end of the world, and. We couldn't move. We didn't have freedom of movement. You could only leave your house once a day to go to the shops or to go for a run. You couldn't go outside twice a day. Some people were being reported on for going out twice a day. Mm-hmm. The police were use, using drones up on Snowdonia to try and catch people. Oh this is all the thing. We weren't allowed to do anything. And what we have found has been reported uh, is the Prime Minister, his wife, his <laughs> right, Chancellor and others have been ignoring these rules and they have been sanctioned for it. For it. Mm-hmm. You hear it, like you heard, like all these stories about about these MPs and all their weak excuses, like all their weak excuses for going out to like, for like going out and just doing whatever they need to do. Like I always forget their name, but who drove? Do you know who drove to the castle? Who literally left their house and drove to the castle with their kids? And it was, and their excuse was they need well, to test their eyesight. Uh, that was Dominic Cummings. So not Dominic to the castle, Cummings. To, to a place called Barnard Castle mm-hmm. in in County Durham. 
Yeah, so um, this is the, the Prime Minister's former special advisor, sort of the architect yeah. of the Brexit campaign, the architect who helped Johnson get elected with a majority in 2019, back in December 2019. And uh, he wanted to leave London. He was sort of being handed all that sort of stuff. It's who he is. And he went up to his family home in County Durham. And I think he had COVID. He wanted to test his eyes. I wasn't sure if he could drive. So he decided to drive a good 45 minutes to see if his eyesight worked. Yeah, brilliant. Um, do we believe that? Or uh, was no. it a day out? This is the question. Uh, what do you guys think? Being a bit hypocritical, to be honest. I think he did as well. sort of admit to well, in some way, they all do this. They don't admit to it straight away. If you're making a mistake, you know you've done wrong. You know you're going to go the always comes out. No, well, like, there is come out no a reason what. for this, and it's that sometimes an MP loves a scandal. No one knew who yeah. Neil Parrish was. Correct. Everyone knows who Neil Parrish is now. That's very true. But it is like, think about the news. You see conservatives this, conservatives that, all over the all news. The, time. the popularity, because someone just has BBC News on the background. They're probably not listening to it fully, but they're going to hear Conservative Party multiple times. They don't know what it's about, but yeah. they're going to hear it. Well, it's, it sounds there, Alfie, that you're saying that all publicity is good publicity, and yes. surely what's going on right now I is agree. bad publicity. If we look at the opinion poll, so... It's just it's losing them seats. It's losing them... It's like stopping them from actually getting, like... They're going to lose all their safe seats, and that's going to be... Although it, they are so most likely to win the next general election, because they are, like, the... No, I don't think so. No, I think they will, but I think it'll be a marginal seat. Like it won't be. It'll be very close. There'll be a very small gap between Labour and the Conservative Party. But if Conservatives didn't have all these scandals, then they could have a government next time. But this publicity, especially in politics, it's not good publicity for them. Okay. It is. And if we were to measure this, and we're looking at opinion polls at the moment, and local councils, local council elections coming up, of course, on Thursday, Tories are absolutely bombing, and they might even lose their safest councils, you know, Wandsworth and Westminster, London, which they've held, I believe, since the 80s, uh, possibly earlier, I think. Like um, I might check that 41% one. 41% in Wandsworth. Mm-hmm. So it used to be more conservative than Absolutely, that. Absolutely, this is a thing. It's, you know, is it the Conservative Party? Is it just Johnson? I think it's a broader thing, you know. It might be like to, you know, throw a lot on him, but we look at this, I've got a list of time out here. There's no point reading it all out. Um, it's just far too far too much of what's been going on, these sort of Christmas quizzes, these leaving parties. It was a leaving party, it seemed. Every time somebody left Downing Street, they needed to have a little party and you know, drinks and a bit of a shindig. And all suitcase. I'm seeing here... Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness, the suitcase. <laughs> I'll get on to suitcase. But all I'm is, you know, with one thing, all these people leaving Downing Street suggests that perhaps it's not the best place in the world to work. Alfie, the suitcase story, this is a bit of a light-hearted... I'm going to give me this one. Oh, what? Okay. Um, I think it was, like, Boris or something was seen with, like, mm-hmm. literally... I can't remember if it was one or two. I think it was two? Two. Yeah, it was two. Two, two suitcases just yeah. full of booze. Yeah. Like really, yeah, yeah. Wait, like for yeah. his party, yeah. he was seeing. Because it was like a whole bring your own, like the, the email got leaked. <laughs> it was a bring your own booze. That's what it said in the email from the How secretary. They got leaked. See what was in the case though. I don't know. Uh, oh yeah. It just came out. Just came just out. Came, I think yeah. it like a lot. Knows? Yeah. I think yeah. yeah. It, well, because I mean, it's like e- like emails, so it's like That's proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I mean, as we've seen from this entire scandal, I mean, pretty much everything's gotten out about it. So. I think more to exact hire, really. Absolutely. So this is what we have here: is we've got cost living crisis, we've got lack of control of his own party members, we've got poor governance, all these sort of things going on. And the big question is: should the prime minister be removed? Uh, let's run you through the process. There, it's one of those things. It is possible in the UK to remove a prime minister, um, right? Uh, earlier than a general election in the UK. So with a Conservative Party in particular, if fifteen percent of the Conservative MPs sent what's called a letter of no confidence to a, a certain, oh, yeah. it's called the chairman of the 1922 committee. But, but, but. 
Yeah, what we'll have there, we'll have this yeah. vote of confidence. If uh, Johnson passes it, that's it. The company will go on for a year. If he fails it, that's it. He's gone. And they'll choose within their own ranks somebody to replace him as party leader. But will they do that? Will they do that? I don't think so. Because none of them are willing to step up and take the bat and take the lead. I don't think any of them are willing to do it. I haven't heard any single name Mm. apart from like Keir Starmer, which could take over. Yeah, but all the MPs in the Conservative Party, they can't. Opposite side. Wait, what? Yeah, so uh, Keir Starmer is leader of the official leader of the Labour Party. Yeah, so I know. I mean, like, I mean, like, if there was like a whole like party switch. And this that. is well, that's the thing. But it's, if, it's, if it's within this general election, within this term, one moment, other, is just that if we if we have this vote within the Conservative Party, things change over. Then somebody else needs to lead, and who is that leader going to be? It used to be Rishi Sunak. He was mm. number one choice to yeah. replace Johnson. But what's been going on lately there? The non-dom status with his wife. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Well, his wife is a billionaire in, I think it's India. Well, her dad is, and she wasn't paying taxes in England because she was making the profit in her hometown. And that's perfectly legal. She was allowed to do that, but she got a lot of backlash recently in the press that because she's living in England and her husband is an MP that she should start paying tax. And I think now she has. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it seems something quite hypocritical, perhaps, is what's going on. Mm. And that's the trouble here. Um, Yeah, so this is sort of where things are. If we had to put some positives, perhaps, just for a bit of balance is always good. We might say there's, you know, increased spending on the NHS, there's levelling up agenda. Yeah, but there's always increased spending on the NHS. There always is. Mm. And possibly we might, as we come on to, perhaps A to Ukraine is one of those things that Johnson's more noted for. Mm. It seems to me, though, he's just using, perhaps, um, foreign policy to distract from what's going on domestically. Increasing the armed forces as well. Yeah, he's trying to distract all of the backlash from him that he's been getting by bringing the attention towards the Ukraine crisis. Absolutely. So that is finishing up on Partygate. <laughs> um, and coming up now, of course, is... Um, Should I say, shall I go? Thank Sorry. you very much. <laughs> so coming up after the next song, we do talk about the Ukraine crisis uh, continuing on. But now we have the clash with Should I Stay or Should I Go? Boris. Should I go? If you say that you are mine, I'll be here till the end of time. So you got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? It's always taste, taste, taste. You're happy when I'm on my knees. One day is fine and next is black So if you want me off your back Well come on and let me know Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? If I go there will be trouble Decisions bugger me. Yeah, decision, they molest if you don't want me 
set me free Exactly who I'm supposed to be Don't you know which clothes even fit me Come on and let me know Should I cool it or should I blow Right, and welcome back. Uh, it's Mr Waters talking to you on uh, our current affairs show. It is 8.36 on Tuesday the 3rd of May. Uh, with me this evening, I have Mia, Alfie, Eleanor and Ella. We've discussed part eight and we're going to move on to uh, sort of the Ukraine crisis. Starting off with Eleanor, so going to do a bit on the background, please. Guys. <laughs> okay, so to start with, after the Second World War, there was the um, Soviet Union uh, was created. And this is known as the Cold War against... Um, America and the Soviet West. Union. And then 1991, the Soviet Union collapsed and Ukraine left. And since then, there's always been a bit of conflict with Ukraine, I guess. They kind of, they wanted, they want like, their buffer country, they want those countries to like protect them. And then 2013, you have the, um, the EU wants to make a deal with Ukraine, so did Russia. However, all the Ukraine citizens, majority of them wanted to go the EU deal because then it would also help the students there, it would help them make a better, like, you know, quality of life. However, um, Vladimir, no, not Vladimir, sorry, Viktor I think that's how you pronounce his name, he was making closer ties with Russia. So this had like a mass start of massive like revolution and everything. Then at the end of 2014, around then, um, Russia annexed Crimea, and this is for multiple reasons. They got a warm water port, which Russia don't have because obviously they're up, they have the sea, the, what's that, the Atlantic, Arctic? What is it? The top sea. The Arctic. The Arctic wow. Sea. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They, that is a frozen sea. So it's very hard for them to have imports and mm-hmm. exports and everything. So, and then also Crimea also has ethnic Russians in there. So they're kind of like, it's like their excuse to annex it, I guess. Absolutely. And yeah, then yeah. recently, obviously, Russia have invaded Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, background info for you guys. There we go. Yay! So thank you very much. So we have the background there and what's been going on. It's a bit of attention over the last eight years, of course. There was a bit of build-up to it. Uh, the essential thing about this debate here about should Ukraine perhaps make overtures and become part of perhaps uh, NATO, which we'll come to in a moment, and the EU. This was going on in 2013. It all sort of stopped over, sort of almost overnight. And instead, sort of more of a pro-Russian stance was being taken, which led to a significant amount of sort of... I don't know, sort of small protests, riots, that was what's going on. Uh, and it goes from there. These things sort of start. Russians go into the Crimea and say they're there to peacekeep. 
They take over. They've annexed it. The UN passed a resolution saying we're not a big fan of this. This shouldn't shouldn't be happening. What happened after that? So after 2014, so eight years ago is a very long time. What's been going on since? Or 2014, before we get to the invasion, a couple, you know, a few months ago. Uh, well, you've got in 2011, Russia's military budget doubled between 2011 and 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, showed a huge build-up of armed forces um, and modernization of the ones they currently had uh, on the military side. Um, with an expansion, navy, air uh, was their main focus. Oh, Anyone so, else? Sorry, sorry. Um, I mean, I think just the conflict has been going on like for ages because, you know, Russia. They've also really wanted to get the east of Ukraine as well, the Don- mm-hmm. Donbass region, what's it? It's oh, Don- yeah, yeah, the Donbass. Yeah. So Donbass region, so we're thinking of um, the Nets and Luhansk. What we're thinking there is, so Putin's sort of causes of war is a good thing to look at here. What we're thinking about in terms of why he annexed uh, the Crimea, why he's looking sort of... Um, in this invasion more recently, is he has this sort of idea that he's a sort of greater Russia. He wants to, you know, perhaps, sort of, we can make those powers if we need to, thinking about that sort of greater Russia, ethnic Russians all in under Russia. He does not believe Ukraine has had a, a proper history of nationhood. He doesn't believe Ukraine is this independent nation. That Russia should be able to control it, is what he's thinking. He's also, I feel like he's threatened a lot by... How so? No, as Alan has said, you know, he wants that buffer zone. He's threatened by the expansion of NATO, especially recently, mm-hmm. as you know, Finland and Sweden, Sweden are trying to join yeah. NATO, which is especially Finland close to its northern borders. And then that will also, I mean, you couldn't really launch invasion through Sweden because, like, Sweden, oh, sorry, Finland, um, <laughs> <laughs> because because um, the, the land is very, like, Bumpy it's, it's mountainous, and rocky, it is. Mountainous. Um, can we just run through what NATO is, please, for our listeners there? Who would be able North to run through? Atlantic Treaty Organization. It was basically like created um, during the Cold War, I suppose, I think maybe 1948, 45, 46, around that time. And it was basically to America, was like, it was kind of like, it's quite dominated by America, it's kind of started off around there, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not too sure. And it was to protect themselves from Russia, from the Soviet Union, because from communism. It was obviously expanding during that time, and it was getting very close to the West, so it's kind of and keep, giving them like world peace. So it means that any member in NATO, if someone was to invade one of the countries within the within NATO, then all of the countries attack on one, would, attack on all. Yeah, so it's like collective Article security. Five. Absolutely. Else. So NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, operates on this collective security principle under Article 5 that an attack on one is an attack on all and all must respond. It's only been triggered once, which was following uh, 9-11, triggered by the US. But members were thinking about the US and Canada, as well as originally Western Europe, so they're thinking there about France, Western Germany, uh, the UK and so on. In more recent years, we've had the collapse of the Soviet Union in 1991, and with that, NATO's eastern border, European border, with German reunification as well, bear that in mind, as well as these sort of new independent states, such as the Baltic states of uh, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, thinking about Poland as well, that NATO border has moved eastwards, such that while there used to be a buffer zone of Eastern Europe between you know, Moscow, St. Petersburg and Western Europe, now NATO has occupied that area. So is Putin's sort of paranoia, is it somewhat understandable or justifiable? It's probably a little bit threatened, to be honest, because obviously there's so many more countries that are against him now, and with all those, like, all, with all the European countries together, the NATO countries together, 
their army, their military, like their money, everything to protect themselves is so much greater than what yeah. Russia has. And Russia's military isn't great. They don't have like, especially now with all like the uh, sanctions being put on them, they don't have enough money mm-hmm. to be able to like expand their military, get everything they need. So it's not yeah. as yeah. good. And obviously they're obviously conscripting people as well. So they actually don't have like a qualified, trained like military. It's just basically mm-hmm. like not 19 year olds and up, but like, they're not, they're just there because they have to. They're not there because they want to. That makes sense. Yeah, and I'd say that because of all of these countries joining NATO, I think it's not understandable what Putin is doing because it is awful. Well, I think I I mean, if you think about it, why does he have to be threatened? Yeah, no, I get that. Like, if you're gonna take it the wrong way, but it is at the end of the day, he's just trying to purely the fact. Vladimir Putin, ex KGB agent, loved the Soviet Union. Yeah. NATO was around then. They were threatening Soviet Union. He still believes they're a threat now. I, I mean, technically, if you had a different leader that was actually elected into government... Yeah. And I guess because but he's just... He's like a, no, I was like I a think, megalomaniac. I think his... He's obsessed with gaining power. Yeah. What's all he wants? Or like, what is such... Yeah. Exactly. And if he could, he'd take over everything. Yeah, I think I think the threat is understandable, but I don't think his actions are just uh, actions justifiable, are justifiable yeah. because you know, you know, why do you, there's no uh, Ukraine should be a sovereign independent state, but it's not because of Russia. Is that's how we see it. This is the thing. So it might be good to you know, those of us join um, at home. If you just you know, open up uh, perhaps you know your Google Maps or whatever else to have a look at where these states are to sort of try and figure out where that border is. Uh, but the thing to bear in mind what we're looking at is um, should NATO expand? Should this military alliance grow even larger into those two Scandinavian countries of Sweden and Finland, as Mia was talking about earlier? Finland, of course, shares a border with uh, with Russia. Um, Sweden, Faye Mountain is perhaps more difficult to, to invade. We'll see. But Finland wants a part of um, this sort of greater Russia, this sort of Putin idea of having sort of the full thing. Eleanor? thing is, I swear Sweden and Finland have always remained neutral, so they are not really in anything, so that kind of that prevents them from any future wars. Ooh, very close. Um, that prevents them from any like, future wars because they've got their own military, both of them, so they have like something for themselves. They have to like, spread it. And especially Finland, they have a really advanced military system, especially being next to Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if they did join it, especially now, it could be a good time because they are distracted. Russia yeah. are distracted by... Ukraine, that makes sense. They're, like, they're not distracted, but they've got like a little distraction, so Finland could join but without having the invasion. I think, I think they'll Russia don't have enough money to be able to do that, realistically. But will NATO want Finland in it? Because they might That's think that, that I don't Finland think will be the next will. place that Russia well, Surely invades. NATO can't really... Like, they said no to Ukraine. They said no to people before. I swear they said no to Ukraine. If they're a threat, and if it means that NATO is going to have to invade... Well, is NATO still needed then? question if they're not yeah. gonna if they're not gonna help people from the russia what's what's yeah. made for but russia's not invading any countries in nato because they know that they can't take on the whole of the western but it's world. nato is still even relevant extremely I'd say it is, would you yeah. would you say 100 percent? but I like you're literally now, against nato Alfred. now the soviet no, I, now I the soviet union's yeah, gone pretty, and like it has the threat yeah, of communism the security because there's still countries like russia which but then you also have China, which is such a, a yeah. huge world power, which has, can do more damage. And although yeah. you did invade China, it would have more um, like, uh, effect on the world, like nuclear bombs. If China was to invade us, then we'd but like, like the whole so they don't have reasons to do that. that. <laughs> I think we're getting into sort of um, sort <laughs> a bit too hypothetical, <laughs> <laughs> a bit too much in the realm of nightmare, possibly 100%. as well. But you could argue, like one of NATO's articles, isn't it, is that they only get involved in wars 
in their own country. Where yeah, they in their own yeah. country. Well, no, wasn't it? NATO has been involved overseas as well. Yeah, but they NATO, have been, but I swear yeah, they're not allowed Afghanistan, to be. Libya, yeah. It can do this. This is NATO's changing like world and what it's really for. Well, that was in, in defence. That was what the, the US claimed. They, they, they had terrorist attack in a NATO country, so surely it's kind of like it's protecting itself from Afghanistan. It's like could potentially happen again. Uh, and if like, NATO the wasn't Taliban. there, there would be a lot more conflict. But everyone's too scared to invade a country which is in NATO because yeah. it's pretty much undefeatable. Well, this, 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 that's a very good point, Anna. Well done there. That's one of those things. So perhaps, you know, if we did have Finland in, in NATO, would that put Putin off? That's one of the questions that we have to ask ourselves. Well, is, that's what the U- is that what's, what, what NATO needs, to have those more members? But then, of course, what we have is we have Putin who is now surrounded. And it's one of those things, if you corner somebody, they're going to strike. That's one of the worries that's sort of going on. That's the debate that's going on in sort of international relations at the moment. Yeah. Period. Period, girl. Yeah. 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 Okay, here's our our next song. Um, After this, we're going to talk a little bit, I think, briefly about the French election and some other sort of items uh, before we wrap up the show. Alfie? Uh, We've got Power by Kanye West. Century, doing something mean to it, do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it, screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. Broken, the schools closed, the prisons open. We ain't got nothing to lose. Everybody, we rolling. Uh, everybody, we rolling. With some light skinned girls and some Kelly Rollins. In this white man world, we the ones chosen. So good night, cool world. I see you in the morning. Uh, I see you in the morning. This is way too much. I need a moment. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking. I just count the hours. I'm tripping off the power Till then, that the world's ours Kissing nail in the whole cast Tell them easy said they could kiss my whole ass More specifically, they could kiss my ass Napoleon, my furs is Mongolian, my ice brought the goalies and I embody every characteristic of the egotistic, he knows, he's so f***ing gifted, I just needed time alone, with my own thoughts, got treasures in my mind, but couldn't open up my own vault, my town like creativity, purity and honesty is honestly being crowded by these grown thoughts, reality is catching up with me, taking my inner child, I'm fighting for a custody, with these responsibilities that they entrusted me As I look down at my diamond and crush the peace Thinking no one man should have all that power The clock's ticking, I just count the hours Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the powder Till then, that the world's Lost 
in translation with a whole fucking nation. They say I was the Obama nation of Obama's nation. Well, that's a pretty bad way to start the conversation. At the end of the day, God, now I'm killing this. I know damn well y'all feeling this. I don't need your I'm on my own. I ain't got a power trip. Who you going home with? How you doing? I'm surviving. I was drinking earlier. What a banger! Thank you very much. Right, so this is Mr. Waters. This is um, working title Palladio Brighton's current affairs show. Palladio! Palladio! It's second prep and it is eight minutes to nine. Um, Just to round things off the scene, we're going to talk a little bit about the French election. I'm going to pass over to Ella in a moment and we'll look forward to what's going on on Thursday. Over to you, please, Ella. Do you want to start? No, you start. No, where are we going? We're going over here. So, currently. There has been the recent French election and in the second round, Macron is now re-elected for the first time in 20 years. That's because they couldn't have, they, there's no majority was set in the first election. They had a runoff election, which then mm-hmm. made Macron. Macron, Macron, yeah, Macron, now the new, French, new president. French president. Re-elected for second term. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, just sort of a bit of the background, what we had there. So, we've had this election, it's um, sort of Macron's been re-elected. Uh, French presidents serve five-year terms. Uh, they can stand for two terms, well, they can be elected twice as well. Um, the election sort of battleground we're thinking about is Macron, who's a centrist, against Le Pen, who is this right-wing. used to be right more way. in terms of the extreme far right, possibly, not quite extremist, but thereabouts, mm. and has softened in recent years and has managed to make up quite a bit of ground. She didn't win, yeah. but she certainly cut into Macron's lead. Something is going on over the channel. Could someone fill me in, please? Ba- uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, basically, um, so... I I read about their, um, we were doing it in French, and we were reading about one of their debates between Macron and Le Pen. And one of them was um, about quite a hot topic in France, which is um, the wearing of um, hijabs, mm-hmm. hijabis, I'm so sorry, I don't know how to say it. Hijab. Hijab, um, in public spaces. And at the moment, you the, uh, the law is in France that you can't wear it in schools. 
um, but you can wear it in public spaces. Not the That's beach. That's really though. bad. Surely yeah. it should be like human rights. You yeah. Identify well, yourself, freedom so, of expression. so Macron's all about kind of like traditional. He was saying, you know, let's keep the traditional values of France. But what Le Pen wanted to do was she wants to ban it in public spaces and just like not. Yeah, exactly. And just like not Why have them he? wear it at all. And they only have to like do it in their homes, yeah. which was a lot of people were saying it was Islamophobic. And um, yeah, what Macron is. said is, quote-unquote, he was like, you are going to start a civil war. Vous allez créer une guerre civile. So this is the thing. So this is what Le Pen was sort of known for, and yet she was able to get the vote. I think I've got the stats here. Have you pass me those, they please. Are, like, scarily close. So this is the thing. So 2017, what we had was uh, Macron won 66% of the vote in that second round to Le Pen's 33. However, in last week's election, on, uh, on, what's on Thursday, what we had was Macron on 59 and Le Pen on 41. She's made up ground. Things are going on. Um, I mean, from what we've heard about the status of the way that Muslim people are treated by Le Pen, it Le Pen is has like a confusing foreign policy as well. She condemned the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and she also doesn't support France's membership of NATO. So, in a way, the way that she's acted is possibly a good thing that she wasn't elected as pre- president. However. Macron also lost his popularity, so it makes mm. you think. This is the thing. So what's going on? Same sort of similar issues. What's happening here? What we'll find out, I'm sure, on Thursday in our, on our local elections. It's you know cost of living crisis. You know the French. You know we're not immune. This sort of UK crisis. It's not a discrete thing in this faraway land, and it's its own little world. It is affecting our day to day as well as the same over over the channel in France. And this is what's going on. We're a cost of living crisis. Ukraine problems. What to do with NATO? Should we respond? How should we respond? Wait, do I have to talk about NATO? Well, if you no. Want, no. Go for oh, it. I was going to say that Le Pen. Le Pen. He was a very far right. She <laughs> was a very far right wing, and to be able to gain the vote she got, she tried to tone down her far right wing thing, which was successful, obviously, as you can see from the results. And uh, um, yeah. Mega. <laughs> she got a lot of votes from like the north of France, I think, mm-hmm. and then Macron got a lot from the south because yeah. I think the north and south north divide. It's that sort north of divide. Is very, you know, con- compared right. to the UK, the north's quite more conservative. A bit of a bit of a sort of inverse relationship there. Mm. Okay, um, coming up on Thursday, what we have um, in the UK, so closer to home, okay. is we have our local council elections. Whoop, whoop. Uh, we think the Tories hey, might not hey. do too well. Very exciting. Um, those of us listening, if you are 18, you should have registered to vote. You should be going out to Even vote, Even if you're please. not 18, still register to vote early. There is a participation crisis going on in the UK at the moment. And although if you are under 18 and you don't can't vote, you can still get online. You can go, there's, there's polls you can, you can take part of. You can register now. So when you're 18 and that vote is there, you can go and Sign do Sign Lily's election about and EMA. more than ever, your vote matters. Like, we've seen in Petition. the recent local elections that... The opinion polls, which, like what it's predicting, is that so for my con- local council, Wandsworth, which is usually conservative, is now being caught up by Labour and is, no. all, is only it's only one percent behind. So oh your my vote God. matters. For Every everything. vote counts. Absolutely great. So if we also have the Northern Irish Legislative Assembly elections on Thursday, that could be quite interesting as well. Possibly for the first time, we might see Sinn Fein coming out on top and appointing our first Sinn Fein oh, first minister. Be, we will see. 
it depends. You know, good, good is always subjective in politics. I'm not too sure where it's, where it's going to go, but I'm sure we'll find out. And we'll talk more about that in two weeks' time. Awesome. Right. Wait, um, very can we quickly. we end with our little politics trip? Hey, hey. Yeah. What, when was it? Like last Tuesday, yes. the, yes. the poll gang went to Parliament and uh-huh. we were able to see the House of Lords, not the House of Commons. Because Our friend passed mm-hmm. out in the House of Lords. Yeah. Yeah. Shout yeah, out was, Edie. Uh, also shout out Poppy, who's listening. Shout out to God's Girls right now. If you're listening. Anybody. Is that, is that your shout out anybody who's yeah. listening. My goodness gracious. Right, okay, shout outs. Meals. We went to Parliament. Fans. Okay, they've all got fans. I'm sure yeah. that's, you know, it's, that they'll be... Um, Tried to talk to a guy Fan clubs. Brilliant. Yeah, that Shout was fun. Jamie, mm-hmm. um, it was good fun. So we went to Parliament last Tuesday. Um, met an MP for yeah, a bit. We had a tour of the House of Lords. Uh, we went around, saw sort of central lobby, all very exciting, that sort of thing. A little bit of a... Oh, Eleanor, hello. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you, it's all right. Um, <laughs> uh, then uh, following our tour, we went up and saw Downing Street. That and so um, It was very exciting. Um, somebody who's your name nameless... Um, so I had to talk to the, to the guards Grr! down the street and I had a small panic attack but everything was fine <laughs> but all good fun. they went to five guys and we there got we go. burgers it was absolutely lit sweets. we saw what all like the ministers 10 out of 10 would recommend only if you and can see the, the house of comments and Ella naughty naughty jokes not naming names here got a photo of the horse <gasps> I got a photo uh, uh, with the horse this is because we haven't got enough horses at Brynston so yes when they went it's a fancy horse of the household cavalry um up Whitehall. I think that's all we've got time for today. So, what are our going outs on today, please? Is it's naive by the Kirks. Fantastic. You know, everyone in Parliament's naive. <laughs> school radio station in the world this is bry radio proudly sponsored by the bpa